Welcome to the Prenda Family Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Crapo, and the purpose of this podcast is to talk about the components of empowerment in a conversational, inspirational, and real way. And today we get to talk to Ken Ayemba. Ken has loved and studied education for years. He did his undergraduate in computer science, and then he pursued his postgraduate in the University of Nottingham in the UK, where he studied international education. He's also currently finishing his master's degree, and he's a microschool guide in Nairobi, Kenya to eight students, two girls and six boys. Ken, tell us about yourself. Thank you so much for having me. I am 28 years old. I have been teaching for the past four years. I started my undergrad in computer science, but switched to international education because I felt that IT wasn't really my thing and education is what I was always drawn into. So teaching, um, having taught in the British international system before, that is where I was trained and I was very keen on pursuing my career in. At the moment, I'm currently finishing my master's degree and my specialty is childhood, childhood education and psychology. And this is what I wanted more than a normal job, an eight to five, because being a guide in Prenda just gives me the flexibility of letting children own their own learning. So I take care of eight children at the moment in, my, in our micro school. And that is eight boys, I mean, six boys and two girls. And this is the first group in Kenya because we've never had um, this before. So what I do in Prenda is what I have always wanted to do. So cool. So uh, what I what I love talking to Ken here is he's really pioneering this effort of Prenda in Kenya. Uh, like he said, this is the first group, first micro school in Kenya, and it's been really fascinating to get to to get to talk to him and and hear what a Prenda micro school looks like in Nairobi. So Ken, I guess that's some of the next question I want to ask you for our audience is, could you paint for us a picture of what a Prenda micro school looks like in Nairobi? Yeah, even though it's a neighborhood school, we have um, a little space that we've hired and we have the children coming in there every day. So we hire a little bus that picks them from their houses and brings them to school and picks them and takes them home afterwards. Um, Nairobi is a very busy city as the capital of, of Kenya. Sometimes the, the traffic can get really bad. So um, it's not too far from where most of the children come from. It's pretty much around their neighborhood. So the most it can take is about 45 minutes for them to be home or for them to be in school. So we have eight different families because out of all of them, the six boys and the two girls, they all come from different families, meaning different backgrounds. Wow. How is that? How how has that been for you to have different students from different families and backgrounds in your micro school? It's been a lot because they all come with different personalities, different views, um, different educational philosophies. So you have that parents come with different needs and also different ideas of how education should be. So taking in all that and merging it into one school and taking like the steering wheel and guiding them through all that has been quite challenging, but right now we've pretty much settled into it. So Ken, tell us about what brought you to Prenda. 
What brought me to Brenda is I really like the way children learn because they take ownership of their learning. They have they are given the platform and the flexibility to to learn at their own pace with their own initiative. And I feel like that's an incentive in its own way because having been born and raised in Kenya, our education system has been different and it's been very keen on the traditional approach whereby you had to be taught and you knew that the teacher knew everything. But now, you know, in Prenda, you can actually find out a lot and even explain to the guide something new found out that the guide didn't even know. So I was really keen on something different where children can own their own learning, which is something I had always thought of at the back of my mind before learning about Prenda. That's really neat, Ken. So, so what you're saying is that in Kenya, uh, the student, and, and this is, you know, just traditional education in general, but you, instead of what, what brought you to Prenda is, instead of seeing the teacher as the holder of all knowledge, you like this idea that a Prenda guide just excites a student into learning and let's figure it out and let's let's find out this answer on your own or hey why don't you research that and then you tell me what you've discovered and just sparking that interest in your students yes love that can you share a specific story that comes to mind about a student sharing with you something they've learned yes in my in in the in the micro school that we have so one of the children who we actually lost, I mean, in terms of left our micro school and went back to school was, he was very young, he was only five. So there's this time um, I gave them to a research about having to go outside, learn about rocks, have this nature study, come back with different types of stones. So he came with very many different types of stones and he kept showing them. And then he went and sat down on his computer and asked me if he could use Google Kids. And I was like, yeah, what would you like to find out? And he said he wants to do some research about a stone called an obsidian rock. So his peers had told him that what he had in his hand was something similar to an obsidian rock. So he was really keen on finding out more about it. So it took him about 20 minutes. He was online reading and finding out more information about rocks. And then he asked me if I could gather around everyone that he needed to explain and show others what he had learned. And that was really beautiful because he's only five years and the fact that he had developed so much confidence coming in so shy and not expressing himself. And now he was really keen on showing what he found out. That was the epitome for me seeing someone taking ownership of their learning. And I loved it. Oh, that sounds beautiful. So Ken, you're a new guide. You started this past semester. What has been some challenges that you've experienced as a guide? Some of the challenges I've experienced personally as a guide is um, there's a lot to learn, especially personally. In the process of getting children to to take ownership of their own learning because I wasn't, um, I haven't been teaching in this kind of a system. I haven't done this in my teacher training. I haven't studied about this. So initially it was a lot of learning. So the learning curve for me was really a lot to be done. So that was one of the challenges I had, but it took me a lot of 
of dedication and a lot of time on the side and sacrifice to just get to know more about it. Also, having been taught, um, having been trained into in the British system, and now this is more American system inclined, it was different because even the way we pronounce some words and the way we write some words was different. And, you know, I've always been the one to correct people. Like, you know, we write color with a U and not just color with an O-R. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot. So that was also a challenge on its own. But, you know, Prenda also poses a lot of challenges on itself because getting the children adjusted to the education, this is not the kind of education they've been into before. And, you know, most of them have gone through the traditional education system and some have even been in the American system, but this is not something they've done before. So understanding the learning process, how children learn, how they take accountability was a challenge on its own. And also having to monitor a group of eight, six boys, two girls, different backgrounds. Wasn't easy to manage at first, but we've, we've gotten there right now. And also having to watch each and every learner take accountability of their own learning has been a challenge on its own, monitoring the progress, seeing how they're doing, and also getting them to understand that learning can be a challenge on its own, you know, because being a guide, you don't give them the answers. You don't just help them whenever they're stuck. You want them to pretty much step out, the, out of their comfort zone and, you know, dare greatly. You would like them to figure it out. And sometimes you want them to start with heart because, you know, you just want them to be driven in this by themselves. So it's been, that has also been a challenge on its own that I can mention. All the challenges that you've shared here are so relatable. This, this newness of we're going to do this a new way. And then I need to figure out my part and I'm figuring out my part while you're figuring out your part. And we're kind of in this together, trying to dare greatly and start with heart and figure it out. So beautifully said. Thank you, Ken. So I know my, I know our audience and I personally am interested to hear some of the beautiful moments that you've had in your micro school. Right, so one, um, one collaborate activity we have is we usually have poetry tea time during um, one or two days of the week. And when we introduced this, um, most of the learners were very curious, like what's happening? What, what are we going to do during poetry tea time? And so it's a point whereby we'd, we would sit in a circle, we would have hot chocolate, and we would read a poem, try and master it, and then eventually recite it. So I would choose the poem, and then I would get the learners to, I would read it to them, ask them how they feel about it. We share ideas. And after that, we would, I would give them a chance to recite it and pretty much get through the learning of it. So one poem I chose was from um, the Prenda, curriculum and it, it was called the I would be true that was the title so I chose the poem because it caught my attention because of the great words that it has and personally I related to it and at that time um, the micro school had eight boys and I felt you know like as a male teacher 
this is something that the boys would relate very well to. So they did. We recited the poem, we read it, we divided stanzas among ourselves, we practiced it time over time. And one time you'd hear the boys walking around, reciting the poem, saying it to themselves. You hear them after lunch, you just, as they're playing, you're they're like, you know, I would be true for, I would be, I would be humble for, I know my weakness. And they would relate and resonate so well to those words. And I've just been keen on finding another poem like that, that just gets them and captures their attention because the core values that the young, they learn from a young age, it helps them build confidence. And, you know, applying that in their everyday life is something I was very, very keen on. So that poem is the reciting of it and getting them to understand and getting them saying it every other time is what meant so much for me. That stood out. I love that. And that's a poem you got from the Prenda Core Value folder. And when we were talking last time, Ken, uh, some of the words that jumped out to me that you said jumped out to you were words like love and humble and true and honesty and strong. And that these were some of these core values you as the male teacher wanted to convey to your students. I would be humble. I would be true. And as you, as you see them reciting this, and as you see them saying this in, as they play, and uh, as you see them reciting it in class, what change do you see in them as they're reciting these words? Or, or what change have you seen in them? The change I see in them, especially when they're doing the reciting, is just how they connect to it and feel it. And you can see someone saying, you know, I would be true for, I know who I am, you know, and they feel very confident and they feel like they're owning to themselves and really being the can in themselves, you know, just being you as an individual and blossoming out of it, especially when they say it is what wins it for me. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see that. So what are some other beautiful things that you see happening in your micro school? I see children owning their own learning because one interesting thing which I can actually relate from just today was we had a group of students doing treasure hunt reading, then we had others doing this, the math um, with, the plat with the online platform called Zan. And you could see they log into Zan, they're telling you, okay, you know, I think I'm about to finish this mission because I have understood what's going on. I'm ready to move on to another mission. I want to do something different. And I was, I looked at them like, okay, now I get why you're doing this, you know? And they find, you know, they, they like the challenges. You see them turning to each other and telling each other, like, this is now becoming more challenging, but I can do it. So the confidence that's coming from all this and the way in which they connect and they're relating with each other, just, it, it shows this owning of their learning, which is something really beautiful that we see every day in our school. They're also doing their own research and they're always excited to find something new. A good example with the one for the rocks, um, when we had one of our learners who had this loads of information that he said he has to tell the whole class and he explained detail to detail for everyone. 
So they also discover something because they research it and they understand it. And you know, for children, it sticks with them. And I'm so glad that if they can own their learning at this point, it's something that will stick with them even as they grow older. So you find out um, they have a discovery about something, they explain it in their own words. Sometimes they'll even add additional pictures and it brings out this excitement of seeing how they're learning every day. It also brings independence because they learn and they understand on their own. And sometimes you just sit there as a guide and you're like, okay, who needs support? Everyone seems to be on their own and just independent and doing their own thing. And you sit and you stare like, okay, everything is going on well. So that's really beautiful. And I like that the school is growing and developing and with time and, you know, even with more time, we'll be able to see them blossom out of their own curiosity because the love of discovery is something that they're enjoying each and every day. Oh, I love that, Ken. You have such a beautiful way of, of sharing your Prenda experience with your students. So Ken, could you share us a specific story that illustrates those moments of discovery that your students are having? One example would be the nature study that we had where they had to find different types of stones and they took a walk around the micro school and they took actually way too long. <laughs> I, I was like, you know, I only gave you five minutes. I went for over 15 minutes finding different kinds of stones and rocks. And you know, they've done a lot of discoveries. It's so interesting to see them share with each other, looking at the rocks and showing others. And like, you know, mine is different because of this and this. Yours could have come from a volcanic eruption. That's the reason it's called an obsidian. And you know, they come with all this new information and they end up even teaching you as a guide, new facts that you had no idea about. So one nature study that stood out for me was the study of the rocks where they came with the stones and asked several questions and they explained it. And from that, they were all drawn into knowing more about rocks, volcanoes. And now they started wanting to know more about um, natural disasters because now from volcanoes, they went to tsunamis. Now they want to learn about earthquakes. And the next thing they want to learn about floods. And, you know, it's becoming something, it's a plus and an additional addition every other time. You see them learning and taking ownership of their learning. It's so beautiful. Another one would be um, planting. Because we have a little garden behind our micro school. They have been planting their own seeds, which is also part of the science lesson where they were learning about how seeds grow and develop into, into, fully, into full grown plants. And they monitor it every time, even when they're playing near the garden, you see them going there, taking a look, telling you, you know, I wanna see how my zucchini will turn out to be when it becomes bigger. And you know, you see them taking ownership of their learning, always following up, coming and researching something and looking at parts of a plant and how they're developing. It's so beautiful to see. Ken, as you're sharing all of these stories, my heart just wants to explode with the same, the same excitement when you see your students just lighting up, making connections, excited about the world, excited to dig deep into the world and, and uh, figure out the world. There's nothing quite like it. 
For sure. <laughs> so to wrap up, can you tell us what Prenda brings that is different than the typical Kenyan schooling experience? Well, Prenda is quite different. And that's the reason why we've had lots of our children coming from the typical Kenyan schooling experience, struggling to settle into something. It feels very different because the, um, it has different educational experiences, but it brings out a lot of flexibility, which most of the children are not used to. They're used to seeing the teacher as the one who knows it all and explains to them everything. So that's one thing that Prenda brings and makes it stand out from the rest. And also the children are getting curious every day, you know, like they have computers, they're online, they want to know something different. They're learning math, they'll ask you for a piece of paper if they could do their calculation on the side and answer their questions. So it is really, really, really great to see every other time. So how the Kenyan schools, um, what makes it different is that it brings out this flexibility and allows the learners to take ownership of their own learning, which is something that doesn't happen in the typical schooling experience here. So Ken, you were a student in the Kenyan school system. What was that experience like for you? And how is it seeing your students having a different experience in Prenda? Well, um, the Kenyan um, schools system, education system that I went through, that I learned through, it's a bit rigid. And the expectations put on students is about meeting assessment standards. So sometimes you find that the learning is pretty much just about passing the, the tests and you know being able to just excel and find a career out of it. So there's a lot of rigorous testing and the educational culture. And you know, um, all these harsh educational ideas that came along the way um, make it a bit, a bit restrictive in terms of your learning, which if I compare with Brenda, you have flexibility, you're open, you can ask, you can research, you can start with your heart, you can figure it out. Sometimes you can even push and challenge yourself. Something that you, when, when you go through the other system of a school, you have, you know, you can't push yourself because, you know, you're supposed to move in a way in which you're guided. So everything is pretty much fed to you, which on the other hand, I feel like Prenda is a bit more open and just lets you learn and excel and grow on your own way. So one of the stories that, that sticks out to me from our last conversation that we had together was one of your boys came into your micro school and he was really reserved. He was reserved. You could tell he had a lot of fear, fear of getting the question wrong, maybe a little bit of fear towards you, your, the teacher, because again, in the, the Kenyan school system, it's very rigid. You don't ask the teacher questions. Um, you just listen and then you repeat right? And so when you saw him come with this, this fear and this reservation, I remember you saying you saw yourself in him and you knew what he was feeling. Could you tell me a little bit about what, what, like, how that boy, how that student is now thriving? 
But yeah, I remember um, one of my learners, when he came, he was reserved. He really struggled. You know, you talk to him, he wouldn't want to respond. And I felt I felt myself in that because that's how we, we pretty much turn out to be. You know that whenever you have your teachers, they're supposed to be feared because they're there to just instill and guide you through each and everything, which I felt wasn't supposed to be the case. So, you know, I... I sat him down and I kept telling him, like, you know, it's okay to be free. It's okay to own your learning. It's okay to be who you are. He always wanted to give his best. And the fact that he felt like, oh, I'm actually appreciated. I'm actually noticed. I'm actually incorporated in all this. That always gave his confidence the platform to just blossom. And, you know, for him, um, you can see right now he's one of the most thriving students because he's quite driven. He comes to school, he's so excited. Even if he's having his breaks, he's like, okay, you know what? I've had my snack. I have played outside. Could I finish up my mission on Zan? You know? So you find that he's so driven and his confidence is what stands out for me because he couldn't communicate before. And now he's, he thrives mostly with leadership roles. Wow. That's incredible. So to end the podcast and Ken, thank you. Thank you so much for hopping on and sharing some of the beautiful things that are happening in, in Kenya with your micro school. I, I wanted to end this interview with you with one more question. And that's uh, what is your hope for the future of Prenda in Kenya? Well, hopeful for the future of, of Prenda in Kenya is to see it being incorporated a little bit more in the learning system, which I'm sure won't be easy, but um, if we could have it taken into account and having children learning at their own pace, it really, really boosts their confidence and their self-esteem, which is something most learners struggle with when it comes to the country. So I feel that the flexibility that comes with it poses a great opportunity for curious learners and with a country, in a country with so much potential and so much growth, so much abilities and talent, I feel like with that instilled and grown into them, this is what will bring out the best in them. And who knows, it will, it will, it will hop up the best leaders, the best citizens, and the best people that they can be. Love that, Kevin. Thank you, Ken, for hopping on. As many of our listeners don't know, there's a really big time difference between Kenya and Arizona. And uh, what was 11 a.m. Arizona time was 8 p.m. Kenya time. So just so grateful for Ken hopping on, for taking that time to share with us his experience being in a being a micro school guide in a Kenyan micro school. It's exciting to see the change that Prenda is making across the world. We hope that Prenda can continue to grow across the world to empower more of these students, to instill in them, as Ken said, more confidence and more love of learning. And that wraps up our episode for this week. Just as a reminder to all of our listeners, the opinions and comments shared in this podcast are not the official opinions and comments of Prenda. The purpose of this podcast is to continue an ongoing conversation about education and empowerment. And this is the last episode of season one of the Prenda Family Podcast. Season two starts fall of 2021. 
We want this podcast to serve you. Thank you for listening this season. It's been such a delight and a, and a pleasure to, to be with you, to be a part of your lives. We look forward to hearing from you. See you in the fall.